वेलकम टू सिन टॉक सिंटॉक थिंग्स अबाउट द ऑर्गेनाइज स्टेट एंड इट्स मैनी फॉर्म्स एंड प्रोसीडेंस द कोर इम्पल्स इज टू अंडरस्टैंड इफ इट्स पॉसिबल टू आइसोलेट यूनिवर्सल एंड टाइमलेस नॉर्मेटिव प्रिंसिपल्स एट ऑल अबाउट हाउ द सोसाइटी शुड बी ऑर्गेनाइज्ड the concepts are likely to be often from foucault fukuyama schleifer and others and we'll also think about the long term future of the individual in the state and independent of the state we are very pleased and privileged to have three sin talkers around the table today dr saroj giri who teaches political science in Delhi University Professor Ajay Shah who's a finance and economics uh, researcher and a policy wonk and Dr Harshwardhan who's a business consultant with Bain and Company in Bombay Ajay, maybe we set the ball rolling with you uh, to understand what a state means to you, and uh, in your view and from your standpoint, how does one get to the point that we are at today, and uh, you know how does one go from being a bandit king or a nomad to what we are today? What has the journey been like, and what are the twists and turns? So, I think of the story as about how to go from. Uh, the bandit king who monopolizes force yeah and extracts everything that he wishes from a populace to increasingly turning this upside down where the citizen is the principal and the state is the agent and more and more in our work and in our dreams and in the evolution of political systems we wish to give power to the individuals we wish to make the state subservient to the wishes of the individual and i find it a fascinating yeah. reversal that in some sense you start from a bandit king mm-hmm. or then you evolve to the roman empire where you yeah. create concepts of law yeah. but it is still an absolutely predatory top down organization with centralization of power and the people have no rights so it's it's just an efficient corporation in some sense that you have millions of civil servants mm-hmm. and you need to organize them so you have law so the notion of rule of law is that the king the emperor will get to specify the level of brutality that various functionaries will impose upon yeah. <laughs> people then you start getting to rights and you get to freedom you get this whole renaissance concept that uh, so even the, even law and justice I mean, so is is law and justice uh, can it be used interchangeably or it's, so it's I, I not really not. that? So I, I think phase one of law is just consistent process definitions right. for the large complex organization called the state. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. you want every policeman to behave in the same way. Right. You want the punishment for the same crime to be the same everywhere. It's more This an organization principle. Yes, it is just about organizing a large complex organization. Yeah. So when yeah. you start out in history, that's all that's going on. Yeah. And then yeah. you get enlightenment values where you start saying no. you must respect the individual so the whole concept of flourishing human freedoms and uh, giving respect to human beings yeah is yeah. a set of constraints on law so rule of law is a consistent delivery mechanism for constitutional principles otherwise mm-hmm. it's like china where there's rule of law in a constitution but, but there are nice values in the constitution but the absence of 
rule of law is felt at the level of the citizen because these Correct. things don't happen or or in india Correct. where there Correct. are very nice things stated in the constitution but at the ground level what a policeman does to an under trial is is barbarism so but how does a constitution come to be because i mean is that from i mean th- there are obviously different examples in different parts of the world does it come to be from a more representational kind of democracy or more representational kind of organizing of society or even a constitution is more a top down thing with just uh, so we, we've had really yeah. three stories in that the first is britain, britain correct. which is a bottom up evolution of common law where yeah. there was no design there was yeah. there was no uh, founding fathers who thought about yeah. what constitutionalism it is emerged, in britain yeah. it just emerged but they never felt a need of having a documented they never wrote it down and correct. it it goes back to 1000 ad there was something correct. about that island where there was dispersion of power and constitutionalism emerged out of common law right. and there is the united states right. where they hated the things that they saw in europe right. and they thought we should codify them so they wrote right. down a constitution right. and then you have places like india, india yeah. where you have an elite that has dreams and aspirations for the country which very self-consciously tries to take the best of the uk and the us right. and tries to write a constitution so uh, these are three cases But, ajay right. wouldn't you say that if you if you take um really the germ of the uh, construction of modern state which is the whole social contract theory yeah where consent of the uh, governed is very important yeah. and to me it's the it's it's instruments like constitution where the consent is in many ways codified yeah because i am as as the one who's governed yeah is willingly consenting to to subject myself to a set of rules which actually could be an encroachment on on my freedom yeah the whole kantian view is that individual rational free will yeah is the ultimate uh, goal of a of a modern society but i am willingly subjecting myself so uh, it's a trade off it's, it's a trade off and it's a trade off but that has to be done very thoughtfully yeah and and that's why i think instruments like constitutions come about because yeah. we are basically setting the ground rules mm. of how collectively we are willing to subject ourselves to a set of rules mm. which are actually at their core infringement on freedom yeah Yeah, yeah. You know, we, are, we are willingly foregoing but, but Harsh, some freedom. Before you come to that, I, I, I'm more struck by what is remarkable that when we write down a constitution, the heart and soul of it is we are constraining executive discretion, and we are saying that the state shall not do certain things. For example, you know, look at authoritarian countries, Vladimir Putin. Look at China. Look at many barbaric yeah. authoritarian countries. The state has not accepted limits to its power. So it is a great step that you have crossed. when you have come to say that there shall be limitations on what the executive can do and i, I i'm fascinated by that and i think of india as an incomplete work in progress where we began with high ideas in a constitution and there's a lot waiting to be done in actually making it work but maybe uh, and mr saraj maybe we come to you uh, let me pose my question arising out of ajay's point i mean my view would be that no matter how you design a constitution or the set of rules that mm-hmm. the state runs itself by it mm-hmm. would be incomplete right and somebody would have have to have a residual power uh, which is um, um, you know uh, someone has to be the sovereign at the buck yeah, because somewhere. because my view is that it's it's like an in, incomplete contract there will be situation that the constitution doesn't specify how you deal with yeah and yeah often times the executive which is the natural claimant of that power Yeah. Wouldn't you wouldn't you see that as a as a so my my as a logical outcome of a constitutional so constitutionally run state? So my way of thinking is that we give the we give legitimacy to the democratically elect, elected legislature to make laws, but mm-hmm. we constrain their freedom to write laws by saying certain things are sacred. Right. So freedom right. of speech is sacred, or 
freedom of property is sacred so right. we put in a, a list of rules in the constitution that's very interesting that's very interesting so even maybe the we go to you on this and what according to you and we have touched upon a few interesting concepts like law like justice alluded to common good um how do you think we've come to be where we are and how how universal is this path or how different are these paths um no i think firstly we need to i think make a slightly conceptual distinction here yeah between uh, what is called the modern state which mm. comes with the constitution uh rights um the rights discourse yeah um the rule of law um and what is called the separation of powers between the judiciary executive and and the legislative right yes. uh, so yes. we need to make a distinction between this modern state and the state because the state is a much older thing what is know? a state uh but before we even come to the definition sure. but historically sure like say there is something called the mughal state yeah or the roman state yeah um or medieval states you yeah. know you can have like the old chinese state you yeah. know you so 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 when you look at one is the modern uh, state which uh, uh goes by the you know familiar narrative of the uh, great mass uprising which could be the you know, uprising of the french revolution french and revolution then and then you have uh, yeah. a constituent yeah. assembly you yeah. know and then you have a constitution and then um and then uh, the usual story that we know or even right. in the indian right. context or even um, even in in england there was something like a revolution and a glorious revolution and uh, you have uh, the us you have you, so there's some um, uh, founding observers um, uh, revolution uh, out of which or in india the the freedom movement out yeah. of which you have the constituent assembly right but this is a format of state formation which is modern state But so if are you, you, are you linking it to the concept to, of a nation are you linking it to yeah it is it yeah. is it is definitely linked to the rights of the nation state but if you want to go back to nomads from where you started from yes. you know yes. or kings yes then you have to like then uh, where does the monarch was, come from yeah that's the thing Who you know uh, where so 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 i would say that historically the state if you were to define the state yeah as uh, say any uh, as 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 uh, state as uh, representing um one minority within society yeah who then controls the surplus be it either the the small king who defeated the uh, or no a uh, 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 powerful king who defeated the smaller this thing you know yeah. smaller principalities yeah. and then says i i am the sovereign yeah so the idea of sovereign is much older than the modern state Right. right so maybe right. we want to focus on sure, the sovereign yeah. i think yeah. the economists have taken a very interesting view of this question what is a state what um, is douglas state? north the most famous economic historian he says mm-hmm. state is an institution which has comparative advantage in violence <laughs> no actually it's yes, a very profound statement because yes, monopoly if you over force, if you believe the way. original state is fundamentally in protecting property rights of individual that's why even even nozick's view very libertarian minimal state view yeah. state arises out of need for protection of property rights yeah yeah and you can only protect property rights if some entity has comparative advantage in fact in many cases absolute advantage in violence uh, i think that's a very useful uh, because then it applies over time uh, yeah. for professor giri was saying and this is where the distinction of to, private yeah. and public good in a way comes in is is that the right way to think well, about it well it it does because then it goes on to separate um, pr- private cost and private benefits versus public cost and public benefits mm. but mm. at the heart of a state uh, concept of state in my view mm-hmm. is a notion of the ability to use violence 
yeah. to actually enforce a set of rules. Now, rules might arise out of anything. It might arise out of sense of. Uh, it might arise out of religion in in Hobbes and Locke. Yeah, it actually comes from Christianity. I mean, yes. God gave rights to Adam, yes. and that's where it actually all began. <clears throat> or it could come out of um, um, just individual will of, of of the ruler. Yeah, but the fact that there's an instrumentality of advantage in violence, I think, yeah. actually, is a fundamental notion embedded in the notion of state. Uh, yeah, Ajay, you would yeah. know as yeah. an economist. Yeah, but, but do you know what the 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 violence, the monopoly over violence. Even I remember Chomsky once uh, saying, "What is the state?" Somebody asks him, and he uh. says, "It's a structure <laughs> of violence." Uh, but is any structure? I mean, any structure of violence is not a state. You know, you have mafias, you have gundas, you have this, that. You know, right? Uh, or but or this bandits. This is a legitimized. I'm not sure. It I think a, it raises that question. So today, I'll for yeah. example ask: Is ISIS a state? Yes. By some definition, it could be a state. Yeah. It has laws. Yeah. It has some pe- a large number of people who consider it legitimate. Yeah. yeah. And it enforces those laws. So what yeah. is missing? Now, yeah. you may not like it, which is a different yeah. issue. But if you, if you, what are the essential characteristics of a state? Yeah. Yeah. And to me, it is yeah. ability to enforce a set of law using its comparative advantage in violence, which I think is a very useful way of thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I, think, I think one claim that a state makes, which would be maybe distinct, uh, distinguishes itself from other structures of uh, violence, is maybe the claim that the at least the modern state makes of speaking on behalf or acting on behalf or existing more ontologically, you know, on behalf of the whole people. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. so the Indian state, you know, no matter how. What its policies? Its policies might be favoring only a tiny minority of people, mm-hmm. but it always does it in the name of development for all. Yeah. Mm. So I think you what's know, interesting right? is, as mm. he said, ISIS mm. makes no such claims. Okay, ISIS yeah. does not. Or it say makes anything. a very sectional claim only for Muslims or something. Well, you know, he he doesn't feel the need to derive legitimacy. Obligated to make yeah. any claim. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely the not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. That's right. yeah, we have yeah. an array of authoritarian and barbaric regimes in the past yeah. who did not even pay lip service to the idea that we serve the people. That's yeah. right. They could serve themselves, <laughs> they could serve other things. So yeah. I think a useful insight into the way history has worked out is that there has been rivalry between states because there is always competition. Yeah. And uh, some states did better at growing a population and at and growing so, yeah. GDP. And that is how those forms... <coughs> succeeded. So there was a Darwinian process. As uh, Hannah Arendt uh, remarked once, authoritarian states tend to run out of people because you get <laughs> declines of population. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Look at Russia. They, yeah. They're they not able to keep reproduce. Yeah. They're not able to keep their population. Look at China. Correct. You do thing like something like a one-child policy then that creates Correct. a demographic crisis yeah. for the yeah. country. So Correct. Uh, Nazi Germany killed off you know, 25% yeah. of its population. So yeah. authoritarian states tend to fail on managing to have a population, mm-hmm. managing to have a GDP. So Mm-hmm. I think what happened through 5,000 years is that certain DNA bubbled up. Yeah. And so, it looks like that DNA is so liberal Ajay, democracy. At, at some level, yeah. you're saying that some kind of an economic failure precedes the collapse of a certain yeah, kind a, of... It's state. a part of that package. It's a part yeah, of yeah, that Yeah, but package. I think, uh, to me, a more more uh, deeper question is, uh-huh. in, the, in, the, in the notion of a state, is need for legitimacy critical? So the need for legitimacy comes because if you think that states compete and if there is rivalry between the DNA of many adjoining states so then you go back to something like what you saw in Europe over the last thousand years which is that the liberal democracies had greater legitimacy they were able to enforce taxation and therefore they survived so you got a bigger GDP you got a bigger tax GDP ratio and that's what won that's the UK but but, that's making a different claim that's making a claim or 
probably proving it with evidence that states with legitimacy will survive yes but then it does not tell you that some an institution without legis- legitimacy cannot be a state taking your point of uh, uh, authoritarian regimes or even things like isis i mean there's no basis to say that they're legitimate but they survive and survive for a while yeah um so yeah. the question is um how how critical it is to have if if again i take back take forward my notion of some an entity that has or institution that has comparative advantage in violence mm-hmm. is it legitimate which is the question you raised because it could come about completely illegitimate illegitimately how arbitrary is it you think a statehood can be completely arbitrary just 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 uh... i think i think you know all states are i mean uh, no matter whether how so called democratic it is every state is definitely a structure of violence you know yeah right and uh, no matter what how much it what does that mean what does that mean saroj it means that uh, 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 at some point you know i mean uh, you have a if you have a society uh, where uh, surplus is is controlled by a tiny minority at the end of the day uh-huh. then one way or the other finally politically that has to be manifest the fact that this is these are the people who control things right uh-huh. and through different elisons through different mediations ultimately the state uh, belongs to them let's say you know to put it uh, you know uh, roughly uh-huh. and uh-huh. Uh, and and then there are all kinds of rights given all kinds of uh, um, uh, whatever today you know all the gender sensitive policies and environment friendly and you know all of that sure. but all of that is is mm. is kind of uh, it it acquires its efficacy you know the the, the claim right. to be democratic and gender friendly blah blah all of that um, from the fact that at its very base you know it is an unjust uh system and 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 that's why when you are talking about say the nomads or adivasi populations where the differentiation in terms of inequalities are not yet embedded in that society you see they don't have states they i reminded of this book by james scott who wrote this book uh, yeah. i think it's titled uh, why uh, states don't climb mountains yeah <laughs> you know and and he talks about uh, he did intensive uh, research in southeast asia among uh, different um, um, indigenous communities and 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 as it is he says that uh, indigenous communities tend to live in the higher mountains you Correct. know where right. agriculture and surplus production is not too much right. and in the right. plains the fertile plains you know right. that's where state formation happens you know <laughs> and you can see the the mm. state in nepal or what state you had in kumau yeah. you know was yeah. far weaker than say the mughal state which is in the plains and and was extracting the surplus out But of the indo- indo- gangetic plains mm. yeah you know mm. so um, so one way or the other i think if if that is the at the base that kind of a uh social inequality is at the base of any state it's fundamentally uh, a problem you know talking about soviet union and china you know uh the chinese state uh, came into being i mean the present chinese state which from the revolution in 1949 it came on the basis of claiming a revolution correct correct you know doing away with all kinds of inequalities correct and all of that and and to the extent that it was still a state even though they had the red flag and all of that yeah. you know yeah. communist state yeah. yet it was a state and hence there was this bureaucratic even though they didn't have whatever you want to call capitalists and all of that they had a bureaucratic uh, kind right, of, of a nomenclatura yeah 
yes. which was actually playing the role of uh, extracting all the surplus. And those are the people who then later became Boris Yeltsin and I'm sure Putin also comes from uh, some of that. Uh, and how you know. much of this Saroj is appropriating some kind of a general will? I mean, is it taking the common people into account at all or is it just a top-down process of in some way... Um, um, I think for me, to, it looks like no matter how much of general will you really garner through uh-huh. a popular movement or something, uh-huh. say India's freedom movement or in South Africa, you know, you have the movement against apartheid on the basis of which the new state came up. Right. Uh, at some point, there is, a, there is a kind of a displacement, you uh-huh. know, and then again, it comes uh, into, into minority rule. So I think there is always a compromise. So the real utopia, I would imagine, is a stateless society, you know, <laughs> right? Uh, which does not mean anarchy. Right. Because we have very, very peace-loving, wonderful societies, both in the nomadic past as well as even today. Ajay, you is know, that possible? Is it possible to have a stateless yeah. society as an economist, as as, as just you know, a thinking person? I, I think that that's a romantic uh, perspective that doesn't square with the problems of modern production. Okay. So modern production is complex. You have that's to right. we have to give up firms. modern production. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean that, <laughs> yeah, we have to give, give it up. <laughs> so I think once once you commit yourself to the trajectory of modern production and the immense prosperity and the consumption that has gone with that, yeah. then you have to have enforcement of uh, safety of individuals and safety of property and that takes you to a criminal justice system and then the only way to get legitimacy for that criminal justice system is to put it into some kind of democratic framework because and otherwise Ajay, again, how will you inflict violence on some and again Ajay at the core what is statehood for so I mean when you say commit oneself to is, is it just for the sake of prosperity just for the sake of yeah, so, peace uh, is it just uh, for the sake of public order yeah. what one 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 positive are there are there morals of state at all so that, there is a positive view which is we are detached observers of this planet yeah. and the little microbes on this on this planet are trying things yeah. <laughs> and that is the way i was talking about a moment ago yeah. that some people organize themselves into states with greater legitimacy yes. and those states supported population growth and gdp growth yeah and they turned one of them turned into the uk which yeah. was able to build an army and rule the world yeah. okay it outcompeted more authoritarian continental structures yeah. who were not able to summon that level of GDP and that kind of tax GDP ratio. So that's yeah. one right. positivist story. Correct. I would also add to it a normative story, which yeah. is that for all of us as intellectuals, we would dream of a world where people are prosperous, where people are free. So freedom and prosperity, you know, yeah. the pursuit of life, liberty and happiness. Yes. I treat it as an intrinsic good. So Although right. although um, the Renaissance thinking that you earlier alluded to and Kant would actually vehemently disagree with it. For him, universal happiness is not the reason for which a state could enforce any law mm. uh, because it's it cannot be defined. And to me, it raises a little bit of a broader issue. What ha- to right. your earlier point, the morality in a constructive state. Yeah. What happens if it completely legitimate state commits immoral acts or right. immoral act for an individual? Right. Right. Uh, uh, right. Is that Im- individual obligated to not obey? Yeah. Because the construction of a state means that citizens obey uh, the state. There's an obligation that it creates. Uh, but there are enough and more examples in history. But there can completely be passive citizenship. Well, well, that's that's a moral question, right? Yeah. I mean, if it's uh, there have been enough and more examples in history mm-hmm. where perfectly legitimate states have committed immoral acts. Right. I mean, right. That's very. From what happened to Jews in in? I mean, nobody said Nazi Germany was not a legitimate state when it came into being. Yeah. It committed horrendous. <laughs> it was acts. a popularly elected government. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. so what happens to what's the citizens' obligation? Mm-hmm. 
in institution of that kind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, i think i would say to that which is uh, yeah yeah no to that is that i mean a mild yeah. sorry just a minute yeah. milder example of that a lot of people would morally challenge any wealth, wealth transfer mechanism that a state might enforce because this is an encroachment of fundamental right my product of kantian view product of my own intellectual and physical labor are mine yeah. and so any state taking that away is actually an encroachment on my right it's a very legitimate basis of critiquing any welfare uh, uh, mechanisms right. as as immoral right so that's where my problem of uh, seek pursuit of happiness and and uh, common prosperity comes right now that's interesting so you're bringing in this element of social welfare and the moral grounds for it in some way why why, why is there social welfare at all ajay i i, think I know a lot of these are like intertwined questions yeah. and so i think that we we aspire for a civilized world and we aspire for prosperity so you know yeah there there is a romantic vision of a stateless uh, society tribes with yeah. primitive methods of production yeah. and i Ajay, feel I that hot water baths is a tremendous <laughs> step forward compared to that <laughs> but hot water baths requires organized production of energy and correct uh, i i have a little bit of so. problem with that if i may we aspire for prosperity for ourselves for sure i mean most people do i don't know whether we all of people all the time aspire for pro- prosperity for everyone that's a claim that often gets made very rarely tested I mean I would say that if everybody Why would you si- say that? Why would you say that Harsh? Um I I would say that because most people uh, uh-huh. are aware of their own aspirations uh-huh. and our aspirations for others um are not always very clear. And uh, and and I I don't see any way of um proving to myself that actually everybody wills uh, wishes for prosperity for everybody else yeah, i mean hobbes start uh, with the assumption all at war with all that's exactly yeah. the terminology Correct. that used that's why social contract comes about and that's why we need yeah. the, the notion of a state um, to actually protect ourselves the leviathan, from ourselves. Yeah. The leviathan. If, yeah. 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 yeah and, and, and it's exactly the phrase that uses yeah. all yeah. at war with all yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah which is not the notion that we wish prosperity for all yeah no th- i think there's one more thing we need to open up here which is that uh, one is whether everybody aspires for prosperity the other is what we mean by prosperity for prosperity for everyone else yeah for everyone else but the other thing is also what do we mean by prosperity and the related thing is also about um, the point that uh, ajay was trying to make uh, which is that do we is it a romantic idea to talk about straightlessness or something uh but i would say that uh, even uh, forget about adivasis and nomadic tribes but uh-huh. totally within uh the most uh, hyper modern space if you see in substantive terms the uh-huh. state is totally not needed you know and one is the kind of american neocon kind of an argument of uh, we don't need the state what narendra modi also always says that uh, yeah. what is that huh? uh, more governance less government yeah not only yeah. that uh, i'm i'm not saying in that sense that the state is not needed but say take for example facebook yeah and the fact that when you are facebooking yeah. you know um uh, this value created somewhere yeah <laughs> right uh nobody is manning that there is no state there no so that's there's right? an invisible structure yeah so so what the, i'm trying to say is no, that, no, that it's not it's not we need not necessarily go back no, uh, to nomads f- and all of that no, statelessness is the possibility of statelessness is constantly reproduced right in the heart of modern 
capitalism and the state often is a totally imposed when they are not needed they are, they are, they 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 get crashing all the time you know right so so is this not the standard uh, argument about a minimal state so i completely agree with you that value is created when you work and engage on the internet and yeah. produce creative output yeah. or yeah. be yeah. part of a network but it is the invisible set of structures that makes that's that right somebody is making money and and that's 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 what we, we, and we, we don't want the structure of laws and law right. enforcement and protection of property rights without which none of that would happen if you were not safe in your bedroom if armed men were going to break into your bedroom then you could probably not do as much facebook in afghanistan but why armed men but so, okay. why do we assume that armed men would break into my bedroom why because, are they i think they hubs, are themselves a product of the order of states you see Well, Why so is criminality in society? You see, so sure, often so we Sarah, tend to say. Sure, so in a way, I mean, it, that is this, that is precisely because there is already sure. a state. Go ahead. Go it's ahead. It's very interesting to reflect on the history of the modern corporation, business corporation, yeah. which has, which is really an industrial revolution creation. We yeah. did not have large, gigantic corporations before that. Yeah. Which almost coincides with emergence of modern state. Yeah, the common stock state. companies. Um, yeah. And mm. to me. uh the construct of a modern corporation large corporations is very similar to that of a state okay there is a well laid uh, legal foundation to them uh-huh. there are rights and obligations that are very clear albeit in a in a, a narrow sphere of life yeah um and there is a way of enforcing those uh, those rules of rules and regulations so yeah. so modern corporations actually to me are uh smaller versions of modern states uh and while they don't use physical violence Uh-huh. But they have ability to enforce those rules to some kind of comparative advantage in in dealing with an individual who's part and of that. And they use conflict. the state power to reinforce. Yeah. The, so um, right. now, the, to me, then that raises the question: hundred years onwards, are would some of these corporations like will become co- bigger than countries? Yes. Some of them already they are. Already are. Yeah. So yeah. do I? Do they become the de facto states of the future? Uh-huh. So I think of it as on two parallel tracks. So first is I completely agree with what you said that there is an immense world of stateless. interactions yeah. which are the foundation of creativity and knowledge and all kinds of wonderful things i, I don't for a moment yeah. doubt that claim so you know yeah. all of us tend to be a little too obsessed with state and yeah. i share that concern but my way of thinking is that all this is underpinned by certain foundations that can be laid by a constitution where the state is doing some work for us which is he's protecting life liberty and property rights and giving you the legal foundation to set but up that's a corporation on your facebook that's that only a claim that's my claim that is my no, claim no they also the state's claim Okay so I I do yeah. subscribe to that, <laughs> that I do subscribe to that view okay, yeah, uh, yeah, how do yeah. you disagree with that so uh, your facebook example would facebook exist if the united states government did not engage in violence in creating those property rights and in upholding yeah, them exactly. that there's a set of legal contracts that upholds facebook which are all ultimately backed by the threat of violence which are all backed by the threat of imprisonment mm-hmm, if it mm-hmm. didn't have that whole edifice Yeah. Then that non-mediated space of Facebooking would not be open Correct. to private citizens like Correct. us. So I, I just want to say that we should have both. We should dream of both. That we should get the state out from all the things where it is not required. Yeah. But there is a inner core of basic freedoms of speech and right to property, which is inescapably state, and where we need a government to do that. And yeah. if I may just jump to your uh, discussion about. property and the illegitimate the, the morality in the construction of a state yeah. yeah what is legitimate and what is illegitimate in the state taking away my property I, my way of thinking about it is that again in in sequence yeah. Yeah. we first start with uh, state and you have 
great power rivalry between alternative designs of states so you yeah. have more yeah. authoritarian states on the european continent and the liberal democracy version works better because yeah. it gives you a larger population and higher gdp yeah. and higher tax gdp ratio which is the british empire okay so that liberal formulation with a little more legitimacy and a little more consent of the ruled is a recipe that is working better now in that democratic formulation with the elections you get this basic tension that you hired the state to create a set of laws and protect life and free speech and property but all too often the coalition that wins a democratic contest can often bargain away Correct. some of those property rights in return for votes so that's the constant tension the sort of the threat of expropriation the threat of redistribution is always there in a modern democratic state ajay in in probably in settings like property rights it, it the the choices are clearer i think it becomes a bit trickier when you have things like uh, freedom of religion now all modern states would have that as fundamental right to practice whatever religion you can india has that the us constitution has that um and my issue with that is i don't have issue with having that there but where does it come from where does morality that that this is a desirable fundamental right where does that come from now in most modern secular state construct it comes from the notion of natural law yeah that there is something that is god given to or it exists in the state of nature and we are just codifying that in the constitution yeah but therefore if there is a state which says no i make religion religious dictat as the basis of my uh, definition of fundamental rights it could be perfectly legitimate will it be a legitimate mm. state mm. and i think mm. that's where it begins because then freedom of religion may not exist there it might have all sort of other fund so i'm saying that ultimately in the construction of the state uh, and the found legal foundation either through constitution or, or common law it would derive morality out of somewhere and to me the key question is where does that come out of uh-huh. and to me the liberal democracy as fukuyama de- uh, describes is really where it's secular where it does not come out of any religion yeah it comes out of our own collective sense of uh, yeah. natural uh, natural law yeah yeah, uh, yeah. but that, that to me does not therefore rule out um uh, a religion based state where you draw the 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 basic morality of the constitution out of religion which by the way was the 16th and 17th century yeah, so was construct. about to say but it was tried and in a darwinian process it got rid out states like the roman catholic establishment in the vatican did not survive the great power conflicts of the continent and the more secular formulations worked better so i mean i, I i'm perfectly comfortable with the idea that yeah you could design a constitution in a different way so for example you could design a constitution that 51% of the population can declare homosexuality illegal Yeah. Okay, and then you can have an IPC 377 where yeah. we put people in jail for engaging yeah. in homosexuality. Or you could have a constitution that is grounded in uni- more universalist liberal values. Correct. Yeah. Where yeah. the legislature is prohibited from enacting, enacting such laws. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay, so I think that's Correct. the no, but, but question. But the reason I raise that is that it it to me is fundamental the issue of legitimacy of a state. Because effectively all uh, the liberal democracy proponents saying that any state that derives itself out of anything other than modern secular uh, um, thinking is basically illegitimate and i'm not sure if that's the case it clearly can't be the case i mean it just seems to what do you have to say to that saroj is there um, is there a supra morality at work i mean where where does it all 
come from and is there a liberal democracy model which obviously seemed to work just perfectly fine in the early 90s but that seems to have devolved um, somewhere along the way the only thing is that the, with the with the liberal democracy uh, democratic states uh, you know they always uh, you know it's difficult to grasp their uh, or rather first maybe we need to grasp their the way they work because uh, if they say there's a on this question of uh, secular state um uh, it's again like it's secular state but well it's a christian for all practical purposes you know <laughs> uh, yeah or 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 take the indian state you know it's secular but for all practical purposes to me it looks like a hindu uh, majoritarian country you know but why and, would you say the constitution doesn't say so yeah that's, that's the that's, thing the constitution does not say got... so and yet in so many ways it is so fundamentally a hindu um society or state and the same thing with the 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 western democracies you know so uh, and and that really makes things tricky then what if then a openly theological state comes i uh-huh. think i would formulate the question that way uh-huh. you know uh, what if a state comes and says that nothing to do with secular we are just a hindu rashtra or we are just a islamic no. state then no. what happens no so we have very practical examples of that yeah. uh, what happened in egypt completely free and fair democratic election uh, a, a religious party comes to power correct yeah, yeah. and you know what correct. happened there yeah. is correct. always been great discomfort in turkey yeah. with, with erdogan's government of of, of yeah. the correct. islamic right correct. um so, so harsh i would emphasize the darwinian perspective that over and over in human history when these experiments took place they did not work out so the power of the secular state is partly a philosophical value that you or i may consider a secular democratic state to be something desirable nice. yeah. but i'm on a different point i'm saying over 2000 years it's the one that bubbled up and worked it's the one that survived it's the one that had staying power that did not get disrupted by internal crises that did not turn yeah. into civil wars so it's it's a way where we can all just get along and we can be calm with each other so okay. I, i think of it in a darwinian sense that yeah. we keep trying out many kinds of dna over yeah. and over through human history we keep trying to construct one state after another and what works seems to be a fairly yeah. secular liberal yeah. constitutional foundation which uh, enhances human freedoms and sets the stage for modern production and modern firms with property yeah. rights but then the problem is that it it worked such a disaster <laughs> you see What that is that, that is the real problem you know mm-hmm. that it worked and uh, i don't know maybe i would prefer that it wouldn't work and all states in this world would collapse you know <laughs> and then we would have a state free society you know so that you don't have this i mean just imagine i was just um, 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 you know talking to some friends and they were saying that this wto negotiations huh? yeah. for each damn thing maybe the way this bottle of water is produced or something maybe there are this thick law books you know yeah this that blah 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 sure, blah sure, blah sure. you know so um, this thing that you were saying that uh, you know so, so to can we channel some of your angst to, to, into you know, an, an uh, libertarian <laughs> agenda no, saying, can we get not this? i'm absolutely against so, the libertarian so, isn't that the same you know? you're saying that can we get 1000 th- pages of law out of the business of producing this bottle of water you see the libertarian is a bit like the secular state the libertarian position is uh, no state no government but actually they want all the support and uh and 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 the violence of the state to ensure their rule that's the libertarian all these big companies say entering iraq and uh, uh, the middle east is it's all happening through american state violence so, so i'm not a libertarian because i first reject 
the very fact that the state is always a structure of violence. I'm not saying that the state should just allow uh, business to do whatever and then just take care of terrorists and all the criminals and people trying to uh, kill me. No, I'm saying that the criminality and so-called terrorism itself is a produ product of the order of states, precisely what you were saying, the Darwinian perspective. And if the colonial might of the UK won in this world, then who are the terrorists, you know? The terrorists are challenging that, you know, right? So terrorism uh, is also a counter to the terrorism of the state. The state, if we define the state, as you said, is that it's some kind of a comparative advantage of a violence which then gets legitimized through democracy and elections and secularism and all of that, then uh, just because it legitimizes itself does not mean that uh, you know, we just accept it. So there is something called state terrorism. You know, I think state is a is a disaster. So I'm, I'm uh, a bit lost. So can, are you saying that you you can, are you feel ipso facto the notion of a state itself is is not right or is not legitimate? Yeah, no we need some kind of a regulatory, uh, collectively uh, decided apparatus. I'm sure. So Saroj, I know, think now, now is probably a, state, a good time. Now but state, I think, is not what? something is uh, so now necessary. Now is probably a good time to define state. What is state? State is uh, a structure of violence which is based on the extraction of huge amounts of surplus production, you know, mm -hmm. which a tiny minority controls over the others. But how does that surplus arise? How There, there needs to be a st structure in place for that surplus to arise and for someone to appropriate that in the first place. Yeah, I mean, you can have a, a, a state uh, based on landlordism, you know. Um, uh, the fact that there are mostly landlords and serfs and, and there's some connection. I mean, the uh, earlier monarchy existed like that, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, in Europe, mm -hmm. for example, and, and the ancient the regime in France, for example. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and the anger of the people against monarchy was not just that they were all, all fighting for liberal democracy. That time when the people fought against the monarchy, they didn't even know what liberal democracy is. It was not neatly formulated it yeah. happens much later That's you know right. That's so right. the people who are fighting against precisely uh, kind of like tyrannical landlords yeah. at the ground level even in india if you see yeah. people are not just like they didn't have this sense in 1857 that they were fighting the british empire the notion <laughs> of an empire for mangal pande in some village you know and there was this debate on the mangal pande thing as well yeah. that was mangal pande fighting for the indian nation he might not even have the consciousness of the indian nation right you know right. he might be just defending his village against these uh, white devils right and right. a lot of adivasi right. narrative is definitely like that they just thought that the white man is the devil yeah and the moment yeah. he comes you should kill him yeah. you know yeah. right yeah. so um, um so what you see then is that um, um uh, liberal democracy as such is a is 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 formed uh, maybe around the time uh, at least the right giving liberal democracy is formulated in maybe the someone like the writings of js mill or something which is much later yeah. right yeah. because js yeah. mill has that holistic idea yeah. of the individual who also has his own development and not just a pure kind of a, uh, you know, uh, view like uh, Burke had, Correct. Edmund Burke, you Correct. know. Correct. Um, Correct. Um, yeah, so to me it looks like um, uh, nobody really asked for a state or even this liberal democracy, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, uh, but they were, but they were, and you were right, modern production and the kind of economy that was emerging on a huge scale, you know, the state, the modern centralized state is a product of what is going on in society across the globe. The project of colonialism is very, very intrinsic in the formation of a, 
powerful state you that's know very as, you were, as you were that's, mentioning absolutely true and that's then states like india and africa and all these other countries uh, i mean the indian state is an out and out colonial state even narendra modi was saying the other day that some like 20% i don't know 50% of our laws are still from uh, the colonial state <laughs> that's very interesting right? Right? Maybe the army sure, the sure, educational sure. institutions everything is like from the colonial uh state our sure. laws and regulations that's just how and it everything is. Sure. that's interesting but, but, but then um, I, I feel so we should we should ask ourselves yeah. how can we turn this upside down okay, yeah. so again yeah. from a normative perspective i i treat it as self evident that an environment where the state who is this monopoly of violence rep- represents the objectives and the welfare of the people rather than being a colonial master Correct. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I, yeah. i totally so, share your concern that yeah. the indian state has its origins as a colonial power yeah. and there is a top down feudal mindset that is riven ri- in many way. aspects yeah. of it yes. and i think our puzzle is how do we turn this upside down how do we create structures of accountability how do we constantly but that's make the state a servant I, 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 and not I, I, a master all of that is normative you are effectively saying how do i create a good state right uh, i think the question he asked was really more about how what what is a state how it comes into being and i think it comes into be even in the most libertarian narratives uh-huh. a minimal state state comes into being for property right protection and and uh, you know if, in nozick's word you really if right. bunch of landlords trying to protect their property some state will emerge because some of them would take the job of protecting others and would have an arrangement with the rest of them etc etc right 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 i think thereafter it becomes tricky because that's by the way even the con- social contract that you know we collectively do contract with somebody who's going to protect the rest of us that's really the whole uh, hobbs law kind of formulation to the concept of yeah i think yeah. it becomes tricky when it starts going beyond the basic property protection to other aspects of life which is the fundamental rights that we talked about because to me that's where issues of morality start coming in how are we defining uh, what what are going to be the fundamental rights but how does i mean maybe we go take a step back from there harsh and how does homesteading if i one may use that word happen at all like how does one say that all right this land belongs to me and how does one start because the question of protection kind of arises after that doesn't yeah, it yeah yeah so i think and, i mean to me within the um, construct of a state therefore there will be rules of defining what constitutes property ownership and that's yeah. we will all collectively agree with yeah. and i think to that is the bare minimum function of a state and yeah. uh, uh, if you take the renaissance thinking um, forward it's not just physical property but even intellectual property and correct. and the product of labor and so on and so forth correct correct and to correct. me that does not really uh, uh, present moral dilemmas yeah which was i think because yeah. because the 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 uh, the issue there are clearer and there are probably clear legal answers to them yeah to me all the moral issues come when it moves from there on to things like fundamental rights in india things like directive principle of state policy which we had yeah. because their morality comes in because i am not just telling about how a minimal state functions to protect the uh, the property of people it it governs but it starts getting into other aspects of life mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. where it's important to ask the question where do we draw those from correct correct and and to me and and more importantly then if i as a person who's willingly through a social contract transfer power to govern myself to somebody if i see somebody acting immorally what's my response which effectively in my view is also the issue that comes when we see, see the maoist issues and so on yeah because to me in those district where they dominate they are the state yeah 
right? And they are basically saying, I am seeing the state as committing immoral act, whether right or wrong. Yeah. And so I feel obligated to not obey the state. Yeah. And yeah. to me, that's a really fundamental question in the, in the construct of a state. That yeah. where, do you, where does the state derive its legit, legit, legitimacy from? Yeah. And what happens when a perfectly legitimate state commits in the eyes of the individual immoral acts? So Harsh, I think and it's a question addressed to all, what is minority? And you know, that this question kind of, I mean, it has it has many implications, you know, in a structure which is essentially democracy where the majority rules, what is minority? And what is an individual who has a view on like no one else supposed to be? And what is minority for the state, Ajay? What is minority? The The democratic process again, I think of it in a Darwinian way that the rule that somebody wins an election and we give him control of the executive yeah, okay, is one way to construct yeah. the, uh, with, an with all its imperfections. Power, okay? So there are many with other ways to construct yeah. it. There's nothing, I mean, in, if you were sitting with a paper and pen, it would not seem like such a great idea. Correct. <laughs> but it's just thousands of years of evolution that have taught us that this seems to work reasonably well. Yeah. I think of it as the least bad compared to the alternatives. Correct. Yeah. It's the least not, bad alternative. It's not a particularly great thing because there are so many things on which the majority can be wrong. Correct. Okay. The majority Correct. of the people believed that uh, the, the majority of people in many countries believed that uh, God created the world 4,004 years ago. Yeah. So the majority is wrong <laughs> an awful lot of the time. Correct. And so I, I've always thought of this blend of the constitution is your rule book about the black zones where even the majority cannot go. And the genius right. and the wisdom of a state is in this mix of letting the majority lose on a certain restricted class of problems, recognizing it will be wrong and we'll keep going over the years. We'll That's keep very learning from mistakes. So then you need to set up those feedback loops whereby you keep learning from mistakes. You have one great feedback loop, which is elections every five years. In many other ways, can we create feedback loops? Can we create structures of accountability through which we will learn from mistakes and we'll make it better? But how Should do constitutional really amendments happen? I mean, what is... I mean, again, it's not so much about the process of it, but what is minority to majority? No, this. I uh, think, yeah, I mean, uh, I, think, um, I think, I think, I think the let's uh, do, do this minority thing because the way you ask the question, yeah, what is a minority? I found that very interesting. Yeah. Rather than already saying that, oh, you know, how do we give rights to minorities or how do we accommodate them to a demo? But what is a what minority? What is minority to begin and, with? And and there, uh, you know, one thing we should be absolutely clear is that minority is not a demographic minority. You can be a demographic minority and yet not a minority. Okay. Yes. So yes. Uh, there are so many minorities that you never think of them as a minority. Yeah. <laughs> of you course. Know? One can think of so something. when does a minority really become a minority? Yeah. And and that's totally a political question. You mm -hmm. know, how a, how a minority becomes a minority. Um, I was in Egypt um, some years back and they were telling me about the Coptic Christians. Okay. And they were saying that nobody ever like even thought like uh, how many Coptic Christians are there in Egypt? What is yeah. the their size there? You know, it's only when it became a, uh, a problem, so-called problem, how yeah. that problem is constructed is an interesting thing. Then people said, oh, there are these many Coptic Christians and they are the whatever, they are this many percentage of the population. Right. Right. And that is the moment you have a minority as a political minority, the problem starts. And I, why that happens, I think that's the question we need to address. I take yeah, a slightly sure, different sure. view. My view would be that um, when we talk about state and minority and, and yeah. the minority with respect to state, 
to me minority or majority is not a characteristic of an individual it's a characteristic of a position or a view yeah like, so i am not for all times and everywhere minority yeah, i might have minority always view. minority or yeah, always yeah. majority so on right. each issue there's yeah, a different set of, set of people yeah, so therefore correct. correct um and to me it really goes back to what ajay was saying that to me minority view is the one which just disagrees with this construct of the state which is the which is the most basic kind of minority you would have yeah and yeah. that arises to me partly because as times move new issues come up i mean yeah. we talked about homosexuality when the time constitution got written it probably was not on the agenda yeah i i recently was reading about issues of surrogacy i mean this technology did not exist so it did how it, do you deal with it there correct. are more all <laughs> deep moral issues with that and so how does you how do you deal with that and there are many more we can we can have a long list of correct um i think the way most modern states have solved that problem is by describing a process saying that look if such issues were to come yeah here is where how we resolve them yeah you know no often times it doesn't work as we yeah. <laughs> uh, saw in the issue of homosexuality and correct. i think i actually agree with what the supreme court did there which said there is an existent law i am not the ones who are going to change it you go to yeah. the parliament and get it changed because that's yeah. the late proce- process now yeah. we know that process will not work yeah <laughs> because it will not get majority now so to me minority is 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 um, is a position or a or a or a view on a, on an issue but harsh the question is how does that view get assimilated and integrated into the no it often doesn't right it often doesn't right and and that's what i uh, that's why i raised this uh, that the biggest ch- problem with a major- majority driven uh, state is that minority rights every now and then come under uh, uh, and that's why we have mechanisms like fundamental rights but to me all of them are incomplete yeah of course i mean it has to be right to parenting is not a fundamental right we kind of <laughs> assume it but does it mean tomorrow a state can come and tell me how i raise my child of course right right you know, and, right and so i'm saying that every now and then there are issues that will come as as a nation progresses which has no clear answers yeah yeah and yeah. Uh, in fact at, in some cases we also uh, seem not to be clear about who in the uh, in the three arms or three branches of the state should to, to deal with it <laughs> there's a very interesting conversation that i read once where uh, justice wendell holmes in the us um early or late 18th century very famous judge so somebody uh, uh, said him goodbye when they met and said right. and some this person said just go do justice so yeah. he said no i don't do justice i apply the law <laughs> i thought was a very important distinction correct yeah correct. which is uh, which i mean and this distinction often comes to the fore when you often deal with minority issues right so very interesting harsh i think ajay maybe uh, what is the future where where is how likely is the state going to exist in this form several hundred years later what is it going to transmogrify into uh, obviously none of us have seen the future and it's all likelihood be different from whatever we say but what what is your bet on where it's likely to go and in what form or fashion state is likely to exist several years later so i think of it in two parts one is what happens in uh, places like uh, india or brazil or south africa where this is still work in progress where uh, basic questions of economics and politics are still being sorted out yeah as opposed to more mature uh, countries where there is an advanced sophisticated economy where the machinery of state has worked for a very long time and th- things are more settled so yeah. i th- i think yeah. that uh, in the in the developed world 
the story that and in a globalized world where and in a globalized world all these things are interconnected world, yeah. so i think in the developed world the defining story is this tension that harsh alluded to between how much redistribution is appropriate how much do you right, uh, right. do you use the coercive power of the state do you use the violence of the state to take correct. money away from some and give it to Dis- others correct and uh, i feel that perhaps in places like europe what you're discovering is that you lose a lot of talent you lose a lot of people yeah when the state takes on a more expansive role by the time you have a tax gdp ratio of 60 70% you've really got the state dominating a large part of human life and activity correct correct and on a larger time scale i think those kinds of states will just lose people so you know you're back to this deeper thing that there is a competition between different strands of dna and it is ultimately going to be played out on which strands of dna support higher populations and higher gdp right and people learn people look at each other what works what doesn't work and you know in the long run you do get an evolution so in some sense the innovations of how to reconstruct the state have moved over the years from one to another so after the second world war lots of people moved in a certain direction correct from 1980 onwards lots of people work moved in a different direction and i think that's one story that is playing out Terrific. at the other Terrific. end is the story of places like brazil or india or south africa where you're on much more basic state construction i mean you have Correct. 100 districts in india where the republic of india is not has not yet established its supremacy and its monopoly of violence so i think that's the more defining question that yeah. can we get that machinery Hush, what is the future my, my view is that um, the and at the risk of uh, making a prophecy i think the, yeah, the current notion of state will get severely challenged on number of counts uh-huh. one is i think uh, technology itself would allow more direct uh, participation yeah in many issues that today are delegated and 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 delegation to a set of chosen people is a heart at the heart of modern state correct uh, correct but also uh, it would raise issues such as uh, what's the role of large corporations yeah. uh, in in or or even we keep talking about ngos or or, or other aggregations of people um It's so very you, interesting. Do you, uh, do you in worry the, about in the in the US yeah. there was a recent case called Citizen United where uh, the Supreme Court basically said that an organization has the same r- r- right of freedoms uh, uh, freedom of speech rights as an individual. Yes, and of course. And that's all the campaign contribution limits were taken off. Yeah. Now to me it was very interesting <laughs> because at a deep level you are saying you are effectively making organizations as equal actors. correct in, in in the way the modern state functions correct i think all these issues will have to be dealt with so do you see th- corporations being a lot more relevant and central to well they are clearly a lot more relevant and central uh, to the process of democracy because yeah. of the money and so on and so forth but i think uh, uh, m- more fundamentally um this state versus a single individual yeah this dynamic itself will be challenged there will be other aggregations of individuals yeah. which would start having relationship with the state yeah and and the state will have to deal with the construct of the state will have to deal with it that's interesting you know i mean you, you see there are many countries in the world where for example armies have representation in the parliament yeah the private <laughs> no no they yeah they, of course they, in you the know because because they believe it's a, it's an important aggregation that is relevant to the functioning of the state correct and so you need to have a role in the uh, and these are correct. otherwise democratically run states yeah <laughs> um, so so i think that the, the the construction of a state would change interesting uh, it would interesting. probably at some level weaken uh, and by when i say weaken it would it would be less 
all encompassing that it is today uh, yeah. and a lot more individual freedom in, a lot more both in developed in as well as developing country mm-hmm. i believe would happen because it will just have more tools to uh, to yet have a coherent and uh, well functioning society even with the state kind of you are seeing globally a trend of state withdrawing itself right Right. I think right, that will just continue. Right. It's served as function and st- steps back and because ultimately I mean if you have to run this a society peacefully and coherently you needed a state and now you believe that you can do that without the state having to do a whole lot of things. Terrific. Saroj maybe the last word goes to you. What oh, okay. is the future 100 200 500 years out? Um hopefully there's not no the f- desirable future. What is the future going to be? Yeah, hopefully uh, uh you know the state will uh, go extinct. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um uh, and bec- once the state uh, uh but no, but you asking not the desirable future. Not the future. desirable. <laughs> but future. the trend you what mean. Is the okay, what's the future? Where yeah. is this headed? Um I in think I think, I think one wishes. thing that I clearly see is that the state is uh, kind of withdrawing. as hers was saying but it is withdrawing only to reappear uh, in a different <laughs> fashion you know <laughs> uh, you know after wikileaks after edward snowden you cannot think that the state is just withdrawing in a right. in a unilinear fashion right right um right. so uh, so there is that again to go back to the term you use this dialectical discussion yeah. that you said so yeah. there's a dialectic even with the state that yeah. there's a withdrawing and a appearing Yeah. I yeah. think we need to grasp um, um both ends of it, you know. Yeah. So there's no um simple um you know one-sided movement there. Um and there to me it looks like there's more and more emphasis on um whatever like this DIY kind of thing, you know, do it yourself. Everybody's self-service. Self, yeah, self-service, blah blah blah. <laughs> you don't need any regulatory thing. People are all you only need to keep the bad guys, the barbarians out, the terrorists <laughs> out, uh, but we have this nice citizens here, you know. Terrific. Uh, yeah, Terrific. so I think I think I think this is a totally a false uh, kind of a picture. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate yeah, this. Yeah, you know, so uh, <laughs> Okay, terrific. Yeah, so yeah, terrific. so thank so, you so, so much to all of you for making it. It's a pleasure and a privilege to have you. We look forward to seeing you soon again. Thank yeah, you. Thank you thank very you much. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs>